0: It's a scary thought that that's how early we're asking kids to decide what they want to do for the rest of their lives, because I'm 25, I've already worked my way through one career, and it didn't work out, and now I'm trying to find another way, and I returned back to school, and I still have no idea what I want to do, and that's the scary thought for me.
1: Three, two, one, clap. Nice, nailed it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Quarter Life Crisis Podcast. Actually, not welcome back because this is our first episode. However, we are very excited to show you that this is our pilot episode. We are now releasing the QLC, which is the Quarter Life Crisis Podcast, where you're going to hear two bozos talking pretty accurately and displaying what it's like to be confused in your 20s or 30s, wherever you're at in life, and that that's okay, that's normal. Now, Rig, I'm going to ask you real quick, what is this QLC that we're talking about and wh- why is it important to the audience? So what is a QLC? Well,
0: quarter life crisis, you know, it's a period of intense soul searching and stress occurring in your mid twenties to your thirties. Um, that period of, of university, finding a job, uh, really setting your feet in the ground and just, you know, making those strides towards living your life and and what you've told has been the right life is to go to school, get a job and work until you retire. And a lot of people feel that they're not achieving this or they're not they're not on track um for it and they're falling behind. And you know, that puts a lot of people in a crisis and a desperate situation to try and figure it out from there.
1: 100% 100% and it's and it's really that you're not really achieving your full potential or, or that you're falling behind. That's what, that's what really makes you feel kind of the depth of, uh, of a quarter life crisis. Now we first or- originally thought of it and we were like, holy crap, like, like we're really feeling it. And then we decided to look up if it was an actual thing online that was like legit. Exactly. And, and we realized that it affects almost 90% of millennials out there. And that's what the scary thing is, is we don't
0: realize that we're all kind of in this together. And I know very few people that are 25 years old that have it all together. And I definitely know a lot more people that are scrambling and have either picked a job that they're not happy with and want to do something else, or just still haven't found out what they really want to
1: do with their life. I want to meet this 10% that just has their stuff figured out from get go. Like I want to meet someone and interview them and just start picking their brain and get deep on how they managed to do this so quick. And like everyone's different, but like I said, almost 90% of the people out there are confused and and don't know exactly where they want to go. And that just, to me, is something that needs to be talked about.
0: Well, it's sort of counterintuitive too, because if we're talking about, people feeling like they're falling behind and if 90% of the people feel like they're falling behind, that's actually the opposite. They're right on track with everyone else. 100%. So I, I don't understand where that stress comes from, but I've definitely felt it in my life.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and trust me, we're going to share with you lots of stories of, uh, of us and how we're the epitome of uh, quarter life crises, um, as they call it. But it's no longer a matter of if you're going to be a, in a quarter life crisis, at the age of teens, 20s, 30s, it, it's a matter of when. It really is. And whether you accept it or not, it, I know I'm in one, and I know you're in one, Riggs. That's why we're talking about it here today. Now, we are talking about careers and, and what career path you're on and, and how that really big time affects the crisis itself. But it's also due to relationships and finances as well. I think the biggest thing is just the the constant
0: feeling of of falling behind or not achieving or or trying to follow that path that we're all ingrained to to follow growing up and it's at this age you graduate school at this age you get your career at this age you buy a a house at this age you get married and then at this age you have kids and i think it all falls in that window kind of between 22 and 32 i guess and um, that 10 year window of where everything is supposed to, supposed to happen. And I think the biggest thing is people are are really scared um, to step away from the beaten path and, you know, follow their own dreams.
1: Like you were saying from 22 to 32, I think it ranges even more than that. Like I think kids coming out of high school and I'm sure you can agree with me on this, but kids coming out of high school with that pressure on them, graduating high school, they got to pick a career for the next 30 years. So call it, like, how are you supposed to know? And then even people that are in their 40s, same thing, Riggs, people that are in their 40s that have been doing a career and are are like stuck in the motions. And now they're like, okay, why have I never tried this? I always loved this. I always wanted to try it. Like, why?
0: To be the scariest part is the high school kids, because I would go with you. And I think it's, it honestly is younger than 18. I think the graduation age is generally 17 or except for the kids born in the first five or six months of the year. And when you're applying to school and you're applying to a program or you're thinking about the next steps in your life, you're the prerequisites you need, you need to be taking when you're 16 years old. So you're signing up for them when you're 15. And it's, it's a scary thought that that's how early we're asking kids to decide what they want to do for the rest of their lives. Because I'm 25. I've already worked my way through one career and it didn't work out. And now I'm trying to find another way and I returned back to school and I still have no idea what I wanna do. And that's the scary thought for me. And that's where I think the crisis for me is, is am I going to follow what I truly wanna do or am I just gonna fall in line and you know just kinda of get a desk job as a, an accountant or at a bank or do something with finance and just kinda of, you know work my way through that or do I wanna be an entrepreneur and invest in something that I really enjoy? Um, so I think weighing those options is, is the most difficult for anyone. And I can't imagine being at that immature age of 16 years old, trying to, trying to think
1: it out. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more there now for my why, I think it goes back to, I'm going to share a little story. So I know that you, you shot your shot when you were younger, you really did. And, uh, we'll, we'll get into that maybe later on in the next few episodes or so. But for me, I took a different path. We, we took totally different paths and we ended up pretty much a similar spot right in the exact area of confusion that, that we're talking about today. And now we're both trying to make a podcast. Work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's funny. We're both here, baby. Um, but for me, the biggest moment where I was like, holy, this is not it. This is not what I want to do. It's not my life. Was I so I'm a nurse by uh, by trade, if you want to call it. And I still remember the one shift that I, I came home. My mom's always waiting for me in the mornings cause I work midnight, So I come at home at eight o'clock in the morning and my mom's always waiting with this smile on her face, like waiting for my reaction to what happened on my shift because I worked in the ER and uh, she was like, how did it go? And I was just like, mom, look at this face. Like not happy, not happy with what just happened in the last 12 hours. And how old were you when that happened? That was what a year ago. I was I was twenty three. And how long have you been a nurse for already? Two years. Okay. Yeah, two years. And and this has nothing to do with the career of nursing. Like I am not bashing I have so much respect for that career. However, there were certain days where, man, those shifts were tough. Like there was a lot of reward in that career, but God, those shifts were tough sometimes. One of them in particular was I was dealing with this patient that was on BiPAP. And I don't know if you know what BiPAP is, Rig. Do you know what BiPAP is? No, I have no idea. And I'm sure a bunch of listeners as well that are not nurses have no idea. <laughs> so what BiPAP is, is, I'll explain this to you quickly. You've been skydiving, right, Riggs? Yeah. So when you're skydiving and you're free falling, you know that feeling of the air just pumping into your lungs, filling them up? Yeah, Exactly. That's basically what BiPAP does. It just pumps your lungs with oxygen and air and just kind okay. of fills fills your little uh, lung pockets with air. I'll call them. Um, so this guy had, it, had this mask on that's just pumping his lungs with air. And you can't really speak. It's kind of irritating, whatever. It was bugging him. And he's trying to tell me with this mask on that take this mask off. I don't want it on whatever. And I'm like, dude, you got to keep your mask on. You were just about to be intubated. You know what I mean? And he was like, no, he starts swearing at me, getting pissed. He's throwing things around. And I'm like, man, you got to keep that on. He ends up whipping this thing off of his face, tossing it on the floor. And I'm there and I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know if this guy's going to come after me. Like he was aggressive. And he looks at me. He goes, you expect me to listen to some boy band Jonas brother looking mother I'll let you fill in the blank there. And, and, and I looked at him and I was like, shit. I mean, the guy's kind of got a point. Like, why would he listen to some 22 year old nurse boy that's telling him what to do? And I remember just going home and I was like, holy crap. Like guys are yelling at me. And so I went home, I told my mom, I was like, mom, this isn't for me. And I, I remember I, that same night I went home and I just started researching different careers down the rabbit hole of what else am I going to do? Am I going to do this? Oh, I can do this. I can start a podcast. I can do this. And I started just going down the rabbit hole. And uh, that's my reason why I'm in a QLC. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today. Now, who are we speaking to specifically? I want to talk about that.
0: I think we're targeting the millennials who are just kind of unsure at where they're at right now and not that they need help but like they're looking for that reassurance that there's other people not even in their close friend group that are everywhere across Canada, United States, the world that are feeling this way. And cuz I I think these societal pressures stem from everywhere. I don't think it's specific to us. Uh it's it's everywhere and it's it's pumped through social media especially and that's that's what triggers a lot of it because you're seeing these people's highlight reels and you, you're, you feel like you're falling behind.
1: Yeah, yeah, the facade is a real thing and that's something we're going to talk, we, we've got a whole episode lined up for the facade and you know that. Now, there, there's a specific audience that I, that I really, really like to focus on um, and if you're not there, that's great but there's people that are on the edge that are ready to almost make that leap whether they're at a job they dislike and they're ready to kind of oh, I want to I want to try something else but you know you know I haven't gotten to it and they, and then they start making excuses whatever it is but there's certain people that are right on the edge that are ready to jump make, make a career change make a relationship change make a find whatever it is that they're ready to rock and those are the people that I really want to get at or those are the people that I want to get to that point so that they can make that change in their life and yeah, things might be difficult at first, but you got to uh, the whole point of this podcast is to do you and to really chase what you actually want to do.
0: Yeah, and I think when we speak to those people, I just like you're so close and there's one thing that's holding you back and it's fear and the unknown is a scary place. It really is a scary place, but there's so much growth in in that risk and that's that's where you really find out what you're made out of. When you get that desperation, if you quit a job to go after something else, then all of a sudden your mind turns and you're in this go, go, go mode to make sure you're achieving what you need to achieve. And you're putting a hundred percent of your effort into that. And it's scary and you don't know if it's going to work out. But as far as I'm concerned with my own life, everything has always seemed to kind of work out in a sense that, Six months later, if you look at yourself and you say, was that worth it? Generally, I say yes, because I end up being in a better place because that kind of touches on your, your personal health and your personal happiness. And if you're doing something daily that you don't want to do, you're never going to get out of that rut until you actually make the change. And that's the most difficult part is having the confidence and the support because Some people have more support from their family. Some people have more support from friends. And then some people have people telling them they can't do that. And then when you have those people putting doubt in your mind, you start to doubt yourself and you're worried to take that risk. And, you know, ultimately that's, that's one of the biggest things that holds people back uh, on the daily for everything. And it's a scary thought that everyone could be that close, just inches away from, the next best thing and you know they have no idea um it's kind of oh, like yeah. that like that picture i've seen of like the guy that's like in the mine and like he's like right about at the diamonds and then he like gives up and there's the other guys just working away and it's just he's gonna get there no matter what but
1: yeah no unreal dude unreal now that takes us into what kind of guests we're gonna have on the show in the future i personally want to have people on the show that were in one path and that decided that that wasn't for them. That society had put them down a one lane highway and they said, you know what? I want to go the other direction. So I want to get those people. I want to interview those people that have made the leap and we're going to see where they're at today and I want to see what's going on in their head. I want to see if it changed anything and and what exactly those people are thinking and it doesn't have to be someone starts at their nine to five job, they're at a desk job and they go on to something, a singer, a creator, an influencer, something like that. Or it could be the other way around.
0: A hundred percent. I And I think that's the biggest takeaway is you look at yourself and it's like you came home from a shift and you were like, yeah, I don't know if that's for me anymore as far as being a nurse goes. And there's somebody out there, who they're scared to apply to the nursing program. Mm-hmm. And that's the step they need to take is to not be scared to make that, to send that application in because they're afraid of the denial that they're not going to get accepted or they're afraid of the the four years of work that has to go into it because it's very intimidating when you look at it on that grand scale. But, you know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, people that want to do that. And there's, there's people out there who want to be nurses and want to be accountants and they're just, they kind of always just go "Mm," like, I'll get to it. Um, And the more you put it off, you know, the less likely you get to ever achieving it because we're all under some sort of constraint for time and we don't know when it is, but you know, time is, time is not infinite. hundred
1: percent. And we will eventually get to the other fact that relationships, whether you just got into a relationship or just are ready to get out of a relationship. And we'll get to that in the future. By the way, me and Rig, not psychologists by any means. I think you can vouch for that. This is not uh professional advice. This is <laughs> uh,
0: like JB mentioned at the start, two bozos that uh, just thought we had some decent input on the topic that we wanted to get out there. But yeah, we're not, we're not psychologists. We're not doctors. We don't have a PhD. So We don't actually know what we're talking about, but we we think we got a pretty good grasp on it and maybe could hand out some uh, decent advice or at least maybe that extra push that you need uh,
1: as a support of confidence. That's the thing too, is that I wasn't confident this was a thing. I was like, what do I wanna actually do with my life? Relationship, career, finances, whatever, whatever it is. I was just confused. And then I started hearing things from you. And then I started hearing things from other buddies that I thought had their life figured out from day one. And then I started hearing crap from everyone. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a thing that no one has ever talked to me about that I've never heard about. You probably never heard of it until Faith brought it up.
0: Yeah, until we actually put a label on like what it was. Yes. Uh, Yeah.
1: And then we typed it in Google search and we were like, whoa, this is is legit. Now we're talking.
0: And... For a little backstory, just to get us to this point, um, for us as well, this was not a easy venture and I think we can both, both vouch for that. Uh, I think this conversation started about a year ago, um,
1: <laughs> had to bring it and, up, eh? Yeah. And this
0: is, and this is the first time that we finally, you know, got the gear and got and got hooked up and started recording. And I think the biggest thing that was holding us back was a lot of the risk and, the chance to be vulnerable on a microphone, uh, on a, a public platform. And I think that scared us both. And I think just kind of thinking our opinions matter, scared us both, but you know, we, I think we're doing it for the right reasons. We talk about these things with each other and then we just want to put it out there, um, you know, for other people that want to hear it. So I think it's been a grind and obviously we know we're going to take some flack for this, but you know, I think, I think our heads are both in the right spot, so. This is, I guess we'll call it our risk for the day. I think you got to take risks every day and I'll call this my risk for the day.
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah, big time, big time. Now, uh, just to give them some examples of um, people that we're going to have on the podcast, like people that were interested in interviewing, I told you that mainly for me that I want to have people that are ready to take that leap or did take that leap and where they're at today. Just to give you an example, I know I always bring this up with you, Riggs, but my buddy that I always talk about that was in in high school had a little kind of two man band going, was releasing some music here and there, nothing serious. And he decides to go to physiotherapy school, goes there for three years. And in his third year of physio school, thinking that he's on the path of getting a physio job, coming back to his hometown and working there for the next 30 years, you know, had it lined up and all of a sudden a producer contacts him and says, you know, we listened to your album and, and, what, and you know what? I might be off with this story, but if we listen to your album and we kind of want to have you come in for a little showing, maybe sign a contract with you, whatever. And now I'm looking at him and the guy's a rock star. He's, I don't know, he's been on the, the Game of Thrones playlist on Spotify. He's been on College Game Day. Like the guy is doing big things. He's on tour and, and it's unreal. I look up to the guy. I'm not going to lie.
0: He was one, not picking up the phone or one not showing up to an interview or taking a risk away from none of that ever happening. And that's how, that's how quick it can turn. And that's, that's the part of the fear that's scary is, is you never know when it's going to happen. You never know. It's so, it's so easy to look at someone and just say, Oh, it ended up working out pretty easy for you. And you have no idea what went on behind the scenes. If you, if you asked him how much time he put in on, I don't know, is he plays a guitar or whatever, um, you don't understand. We don't understand those hours, um, that it took of, of investing into himself, even if he just did it cause he loved it. But that's what I mean. Now he gets to do what he loves and gets paid for it. And you know, that's fantastic to see. And I'm not saying there's not people out there who don't want to be physiotherapist or who want to be physiotherapists, but you know, if he followed this music thing, then obviously that's, that was his number one, not to be a physiotherapist. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's kind of remarkable to hear something like that. If we're talking about game of Thrones, like That's no joke. Like that ain't the show of the decade. I haven't even seen it, but I've just heard such (laughs) crazy things about it that, um, you know, it's kind of, it's got its own cult following. Yeah. 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 So, but no, it's, it's an amazing world out there when you, when you're not afraid of it.
1: Hell yeah. And I can't hold this one in, but another example of it is Ken Jeong. And I, I I think we've talked, we've talked about this before, but Ken Jeong, you know, Ken Jeong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Mr. Chow from the hangover.
1: Yeah. Leslie Chow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Ken Jeong, I don't know if everyone knows this story, but I thought it was pretty interesting when I heard it. But just the fact that this guy came up in a traditional family, foreign family, and started going on his route towards medical school and did it, did medical school, became a doctor. And then that was all to just kind of, I don't know if it was to appease his parents or what. I might be off by this. But I think he was just trying to get that kind of logo and say, okay, dad, now I want to do exactly what I want to do. And then he became a comedian. And now he's saying, well, I
0: imagine those are, those were his biggest influences growing up. Like if you want to be a doctor, like I feel like the first people to put that in your head has to be your parents.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Because when you think about it from a young age, it's like, that's what everyone kind of pushes. Like, Oh, the doctor be a doctor. They make the most money. And it's, They're the smartest people. And it comes from that standpoint of of that's how it works. And it's just, when you hear someone's a doctor, you kind of go like, okay, wow, this person, they got it legit. But that doctor could be sitting there. And Ken Jong one day was sitting there and he said, everyone thinks I have it. I don't have it. And he said, I want to be a comedian. And obviously I don't know how long he practiced for or anything, but, or if he did practice at all, but there had to have been some sort of, reinforcement there for him that like maybe he hit he was sitting on some money that he could he could take a risk but the biggest thing was is he wasn't going to lose he wasn't going to lose what he already knew so him taking that risk really wasn't a risk at all because if it didn't work out in two years he could go back to being a doctor mm-hmm. no one was taking that md away from him yeah um and that's where like he he, he did have a backup plan but he put it out there and Based on what I've seen him in and how he's acted, like I'm not thinking this guy's a doctor. And I think we <laughs> think that way about a lot of the Hollywood people. I think we underestimate how educated and genius they actually are. Um, I know the same goes for James Franco. Like they make jokes about how many degrees this guy has. Like he he's got 20 degrees. James Franco's degrees exaggeration, I think. Exactly. Like you look at him in Pineapple Express and you go, "This guy is this just smokes weed and." has a day and then he goes, him and Seth Rogen go and make magic. Oh my no. God. These guys, these guys are absolute geniuses. I, th- and, I uh, thought that
1: guy was a complete potato the first time I heard him.
0: Exactly. So that's what's scary is these guys, these guys got it and they, they know they got it, but they take a risk somewhere else oh, yeah. and they, they, they have that belief
1: in their cell themselves. Shoot. Well, um, yeah, just, uh, just to kind of wrap up here. Cause we're coming to the end. What I want is I want everyone to kind of take a look at their life. And if you've been listening this far, obviously there's something here that kind of struck home with you, but I want you to take a look at your career, your life, your relationships, whatever it is. That's kind of bugging you that, that, uh, made you listen. And if I said that you can go back to your teenage self, kind of channel your inner kid and look at where you're at today. Would that little kid or would that teenager, would she be happy with where you're at right now? Did you chase those dreams that you had when you were a little kid? And sometimes those dreams change, but are you going for it? Everyone's got a different take on life and whether they want to just be ambitious and go for everything or, or whether they want to just do whatever it is they want to do. But is this exactly where that kid or that teenager would be happy with? Now I'm shaking up the rush thanks everybody for tuning in to the quarter life crisis podcast hope you enjoyed the episode and listening to us bozos talk about absolutely zero don't forget to subscribe and follow us on instagram at theqlcguys.com except for the fact that that's not true there's no com. just do you